We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How you doing tonight? Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We're up. We are rolling and we're trying some new things tonight in the uh, continual evolution of the show. I um, I don't know what just happened with Ryan. I, I don't know if if the fact that he disappeared, you know, if he was if, if that was a a prank or if, if Ryan is having some issues. <laughs> I, I, I blame IB nation sports talk. That's what I blame on this one. This is not my fault, Sean. This is uh this is your fault somehow. Okay. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. <laughs> How are you tonight? Oh man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a, uh, you know, typical Tuesday grind. I texted him with Brian earlier and I was talking about a, a potential commitment on Thursday. I'm talking about a right. street big a little bit. And he was like, yeah. Isn't that tomorrow? I'm like, it's only Tuesday, man. <laughs> that's that's kind of the hub of the week's been man. so far. So yeah, long week for Brian, I guess. I know he had some <laughs> some things going on in his show. I saw on the boards today, and you know he's got stuff going on out at his house that nobody probably wants to be dealing with. So I'm sure that that has uh, elongated his week. Yes, but uh, we're we're doing some different stuff. This is this is going to be the first of uh, you know we don't necessarily have an official name for this but ryan is going to start popping in on tuesdays for a little bit talking draft and recruiting and i guess you know kind of whatever else sort of pops up on tuesday nights so glad to have you part of the show here going forward Uh, i'm excited to be here man i know we uh we talked about it you know just the draft recruiting segments i talk about whatever the heck you want sean so i'm here for you brother i'm here for you all right sounds good before we do that though i've got a very important question for you okay so let's say I've got two slices of bread and okay. between those slices of bread, I lay down some lunch meat and then uh, yeah. maybe I throw on a pickle or two, some mustard, some lettuce, put that other piece of bread on top. What do I call that, Ryan? Well, according to the great Earl of Sandwich, which uh, a sandwich was named after. It's a sandwich, Sean. It's a sandwich. Apparently, right. I said sandwich. I, 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 I actually don't even think that's true. I think people are just busting on the New Jersey guy because it's an easy target, I guess. But I was it's say, a sandwich, my friends. Sandwich. sandwich doesn't sound like something a Jersey sandwich? guy 
would say. Yeah. I I was talk so I was talking about the ideal breakfast sandwich, and apparently okay. some people were saying that I said sandwich. Well, let me ask you a question. What is since you asked me a, a you know a, a impromptu question, mm-hmm. I would like to ask you what is the ideal breakfast sandwich? Since everyone Ooh. likes to talk about sandwiches, the ideal breakfast sandwich to me yes. is yes. is like can we say brand names on here? You know, like. Sure. I guess it doesn't doesn't matter, but you know, look, biscuit, sausage, cheese—that is my ideal breakfast sandwich. There's there's no it. meat in there. There's no meat in there. Just sausage, sausage. cheese. Oh, you said sausage. sausage I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, th- I thought you said egg and cheese for a second. My bad. My brain is. I don't. My brain is scrambled, man. If I have my choice, go yes. to McDonald's. The sausage and egg biscuit, or no, okay. no sausage and cheese biscuit, no egg. I've got myself no used now. Yeah. Oh man, you are you are angsty, aren't you? You're gonna go no <laughs> cheese on that biscuit. All right, man. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. Sausage egg and cheese is the correct combination, Sean. Okay. I don't know if you knew this, but there was a right and a wrong answer to that leading question. There was. I don't care what anybody says in the chat. Because maybe we're gonna throw in bacon, egg, and cheese is it's passable. It's good. It's a good solid sandwich. If anybody threw in a, uh, I don't know, a pork roll, egg and cheese or something like that, then they would they would be banned from this chat permanently. I would have to think so as well. I think we're along the same lines anyway with the uh, with the sausage, egg and cheese and love, love the biscuit, love the biscuit. There's a couple of uh, breakfast spots we go to and uh, typically kind of do the build my own breakfast sandwich when we do that, you know, when we, when we go to those places. So love it. Now I'm hungry. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> right around dinner talk, time, too. Right around dinner time. Yep. Let's talk a little senior bowl. Um, let's let me start you with this. We're going to talk about specifically the Notre Dame guys. What do you think is more important? The week of practice in the lead up to the game or the game itself? Yep. Which which do you think carries more actual weight? Oh, it, it, it's the practice week by far. I I've, I talked about this on the message board at boards.com the other day, but uh, Sean, I've been in that side of the business for a good amount of time now. I've known a lot of former and current scouts, still talk to a lot of former and current scouts. I know their thought processes with the week. A lot of scouts don't even stay for the game. <laughs> they don't even stay for it. They don't care. Scouts are not watching the All-22 of the Senior Bowl either. It is all about the practice week because you you have to think of it this way when you're talking about putting together an all-star game it's fun to watch right like people like average viewers want to watch it but when you're talking about getting a true evaluation of how a player looks in that game there's so much that comes into literally to prepare for a season they are practicing for weeks and over a month of time practice time just to get ready for a first game. Mm-hmm. These quarterbacks are throwing the wide receivers for the first time. They're learning a new offense for the first time. Defensively, in the secondary, you're talking about guys that have never called a, a zone structure together and been able to pass off guys in specific zone coverages. You're talking about defensive linemen that have never played together. You're talking about offensive linemen who have had three full practices and one walkthrough to gel. I mean, so you're not, they, they don't care about the game. The long and short of it is they don't care about the game. They want to see in practice players get isolated. That's why everyone talks a lot about the one-on-ones, like that section of practice, the wide receiver DBs, the offensive line, defensive line. They strictly want to see these players individually in person, continue to body type them, 
see how they do in one-on-one situations because that's where you can really tell if a guy is yeah. tight-hipped, if a guy's loose, if a guy's powerful. Those things are always happening during the practice week. So no one, and I promise you, because I know people keep asking about Sam Hartman because Sam Hartman had a bad senior bowl, right? They cared way more. I promise you, the scouts cared way more about Sam Hartman having a good overall week of practice than having a really bad all-star game. They just don't care that much about the game. Was it a good week, though? You know, like I know, you know, like unfortunately the interception that we saw, I think on the first day of practice that Cam Hart had came off Sam Hartman. You know, somewhat it's like, oh, great. Cam Hart got the interception. Then it's like, oh, but he got it off Sam Hartman. It seemed like, and again, I know you, you paid much closer attention to it than I did. But yep. just kind of some things that I have, you know, both, both kind of watching some of those senior bowl practices in the background during the week, you know, when I was doing some other stuff, but then also reading some stuff. It seemed like it was sort of a mixed week for for Hartman. So what what do you think we can expect now for him going forward in the lead up to the draft? Well, like, did he did he yeah. do himself more good than harm at the senior bowl? I think he did himself more more than good, uh, I okay. would say. I think the first and second days, he was good overall. I would even say that he was probably one of the more consistent quarterbacks in day one and day two. Day three was a little bit of a mixed bag, the third day of practice. Uh, I mean, he missed a couple deep shots, especially in the practice. The deep ball just in general was not fantastic during that third day overall. But, I mean, honestly, Sean, like everybody knew going into that event that he was not going to be the toolsiest quarterback out there. I mean, you had Michael Penix Jr., you had Bo Nix, you had Joe Milton, you had guys that are even Michael Pratt's more physically gifted, obviously, than uh, Spencer Rattler is more physically talented than what Sam Hartman is. Mm-hmm. But Sam needed to come into that week and show consistency and accuracy and dependability. And he did that. And two out of three of the days, I thought he did. He played pretty well. I would have argued that out of the first two days, he was probably the most consistent quarterback in terms of getting the ball out on time and being accurate with the football. And at the end of the day, this is all relative to expectation, right? Like, I don't think anybody expected Sam Hartman to go down to the senior bowl, have the greatest week ever, and be a second-round pick. It's just it's not in the cards, man, and it never was in the cards, to be honest. You needed to come to the senior bowl and say he is going to be a backup quarterback in the NFL, so being a backup quarterback, what does that entail? That entails being dependable. That entails being accurate. That entails retaining information quickly and being able to process at a solid rate. And I thought Sam did that throughout the majority of the practice week. So I think that he did help himself. He definitely didn't hurt himself. Maybe you could even say, I guess some people could argue that maybe he was just the same, which is fine. I, I would accept that answer. But overall, I think he did much more good than bad in the Cedar Bowl. Okay. Joe wants to know if you can attribute the interception to Cam knowing Sam from playing against him and practicing, uh, you know, against him, obviously, at Notre Dame. If what do you think if, about if that? We're, if we're talking about the the hitch route where it was against Tez Walker on day one from North Carolina, I would more attribute that to there's no reads on those one-on-ones, right? Sam you know Hartman where the ball is, is going, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Cam Hart knows where the ball is going, 100%. The idea is, is the this is going to be a one-on-one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if he would have thrown a bunch of interceptions in seven-on-seven in team drills, that's much more of a big deal. But you know in one-on-ones, that ball's coming there. I would attribute that more to, in my opinion, Joe, the fact that Tez Walker ran a really bad route and Cam Hart mugged him the entire time. And mugged him in a good way. Not mugged as in pass interference, throw the flag. Mugged him as in he ran the route for him, basically, and became the wide receiver on that route. So that was much more a great play by Cam, bad play by Tez, and Sam Hartman threw the ball because that was where he's supposed to throw the ball to. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And as far as Cam itself, it seems like like we all know what Cam Hart can do and how good he is based on the fact that we've watched him for the last few years, you know, like the last couple, especially it felt like he really opened some eyes and kind of became this hidden gem that a lot of people really found out down there in mobile last week. What do you think? He, so the, the things that I wanted to see from Cam going into that week were ball production, the ball skills, because he only had two interceptions during his Notre Dame career, and they both happened in the same football game. It was against Wisconsin a couple years ago. So mm-hmm. you haven't seen Cam create a ton of turnovers when he was in the blue and gold. Now, he was very good. I mean, he didn't give up a ton, right? But he, you wanted to see if he can have the ability to turn the football over, and you wanted to see the transitions working vertically because the one thing about Cam is that he is – fast i think that he's going to run four fours four four high like four four seven probably at six foot two and seven eighths and 204 pounds with 32 and a half inch arms like he's a physically impressive kid but you wondered about when a faster more dynamic vertical receiver is going to open up and run can cam open his hips fast enough to be able to work down the field and to find the football in the air. And that was the one bad rep that he had during the week was it was Javon Baker at UCF that used to play at Alabama. The kid just ran a pure vertical route and Cam just had a slow transition working vertically and he lost the football in the air and he couldn't find it and he wasn't able to recover for a touchdown. Outside of that, though, Cam was locked down pretty much from start to finish, man. Mm-hmm. He, out, he Outside of Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, who I think was the best corner down in Mobile, I think Cam was in the conversation, maybe the second being the second best corner as far as that week. I mean, he went against Tez Walker from North Carolina that I mentioned earlier all throughout the week. And Tez had some legit top 50 great, like top 50 up um, conversation going into the week. Like Daniel Jeremiah had him in a first round mock. And for people that know how Daniel Jeremiah does mocks, Sean, it, it's, it's based upon what he hears, right? It's by his ears, what he's hearing around the, around the, league as far as where guys are being projected so clearly there's some nfl teams that really like tez walker and besides and even though that's the truth and he's a talented player and he can run vertically really well cam hardy took his lunch money the entire week he really did so cam helped himself big time in mobile the remaining thing that you're going to have to see with cam because there because cam was liked in the nfl circles before the season i mean he had some like third round grades from blesto nfs and a couple of scouts before the season like he's well liked but the biggest thing for cam moving forward here now is 
when he gets on Indianapolis, he he needs to show that the medicals can check out. I mean, he's got the multiple right. shoulder injuries, obviously, in his career. So there's going to be a question of what those shoulders look like and how they can project long term. And but the medicals are going to kind of make or break Cam Hart, in my opinion. I think so too. I mean, that's yep. that's you know, it's really the reason he was still here. I think for another year just because yeah. he did have that and he still had more that he needed to prove he wasn't going to come out high enough you know if, if he had gone out a year ago obviously because of all the injuries that he had especially the Absolutely fact that right. he suffered another one you know so. yeah because he, he's been well liked by nfl scouts for a couple of years sean because yeah. i mean the things you can't teach like i can teach a guy to be more disciplined in zone i can teach him to have better footwork at the line of scrimmage you can't teach six two and seven eighths, so six three well, yeah, with that's, long arms and can run. You that's what I was gonna that. say. I felt like just watching him in some of those reps, and I and you know, kind of like you were saying, it, like when you get to see them sort of doing hand battle in those one-on-ones with the receivers, and and you know, and a guy like Tez Walker, who's physical himself, when you get to see that length and strength on display that a guy like he, Cam Hart he, has, I felt that really stood out for him. He had almost a 78-inch wingspan, which <laughs> when you hit 80, 80 is like an offensive lineman length, right? Like 80 is like what left tackles plus are going to be looking at at a measurement. So 78 inches is – that's long, man. That's super long. So Cam's got all the tools. You know who would have loved him, Sean? Is I don't know if this opens up wounds yet, but Dan <laughs> Quinn would have been a big fan of Cam Hart, man. He would have been a huge fan of Cam Hart. That I mean, is his he style. May still be a fan of Cam Hart, and that may not be good for for me in the long run. You know, like yes, he, yes. Maybe he might he come down to Washington wearing the happen. Commanders uniform. Yep. That's right. <laughs> You're exactly right. Um, what about JD Bertrand? You know, like when we talk about guys who you know sort of. Open some eyes. The fact that he was the fastest linebacker. Now, granted, that straight line speed, but he's yep. the fastest linebacker and also voted the top linebacker by the offensive lineman and the running backs while he was I, down there. What's what's all this mean, do you think, for J.D. Bertrand? I, I really don't think it moves the needle that much for a draft process perspective because I asked myself – did JD show me anything in Mobile that I wasn't expecting? Like the guys that really move the needle one way or the other are players that exceed or fall below expectation. What I saw from JD during the week was JD is incredibly smart, retains knowledge very well. I mean, he was helping to get defenses set up on like day one of practice. I mean, he was doing that. He's a smart mm-hmm. dude. There's no doubt. And Sean, I always believed for me that he he was a pretty fast kid. Like I always thought he was, I mean, he's, he can move. I, I always expect him to run in somewhere in the four sixes when he comes out. So I think he's going to test. Well, I think he showed in the senior bowl that he can run pretty well, but he also showed in the senior bowl where his deficiencies are. Unfortunately, you know, as far as when he was in one-on-one pass coverage, he just can't change direction well enough all the time. And then he's got the shorter arms. He's only 30 and a half inches where, Closing passing windows, right? Being able to get your hand and get that reach in there. There's just going to be some limitations there, right? So I think going into the week, I thought JD was going to be a a mid to late day three player regardless because he's just a little bit of a shorter armed, limited guy. And I think that he came out the same way. Like, I don't think JD having a good, because he did have a good week. There's no doubt. But did he have such a week that it's like, we're going to go from seventh round pick to fourth round pick. Like I didn't see that. I didn't see that type of week, but he had a good week overall. And I think JD has a chance to stick in the NFL short term because 
you need those guys that are super dependable. Sure. DK, do you know JD's uh, wants to know if you know JD's wingspan by any chance? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have the exact um, inches off the top of my head, but he was seventy-five and maybe like three eighths somewhere in that ballpark. It was actually better than I thought it was uh, going to be, DK, because he he has thirty and a half inch arms. Right, I think it was thirty and four eighths or thirty and five eighths, so right around thirty and a half, which is a is a short number. Like anything under. And honestly, anything under 32 is short for a linebacker, but under 31 is very short for a linebacker. But actually, Sean, I I, I expected him to have like 74-inch arms. I mean, wingspan, sorry, 74-inch wingspan because that's just usually how that works. But he having over 75 tells me that JD has pretty broad shoulders, if nothing else, so it kind of increases the wingspan a little bit. So the wingspan wasn't bad. It's still below average for NFL standards for a linebacker, but it was better than I what, what I had perceived that it might be with the arm length. I think what's going to help him is those combine numbers. And just like you said, like he's going to show up and he's going to look pretty good wearing the spandex. He's going to run good times and things like that. So he's not going to hurt himself with, with those numbers that he's going to put up. But the problem is for today's NFL, he's sort of on the wrong side of even being a tweener really because of the other measurables that you talked about. If JD was playing in the NFL about 15, 20 years ago, I think he has more of an opportunity to not just be a fringe rosterable player and be an actual, you know, potential starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that's because it was a much more run centric game 15, 20 years ago. Yes. It's just not that game anymore, Sean. Like guys need to play in space, right? Like in to play in space, you need two different things. Typically, you either need one of length or overall just twitch and athleticism change of direction stuff when you have both that's when you're a super difference maker on obvious passing Mm -hmm. situations when you don't have either that's where things get a little bit trouble right like you usually need one to overcompensate for the other i think jd just unfortunately is a little bit below average in both those areas which will always keep him limited to just being an early down run stopper and the problem is, is that we used to call it two down player you're a two down player first and second down well is it really two downs anymore where every team is in nickel more than 50% of the time? I don't even think it's a two down player anymore. I would well, say it's a one down. I would say it's a one and a half down. Like it's not two downs anymore. It's just not. Of course, what's interesting about this conversation is the guy who played right next to him, who's on the other side of this conversation, who people see as potentially, well, he's a third down player, you know, forget yeah. first and second down. Maris Leofau, can he be just a third down player and rush the quarterback and, you know, maybe play in space a little bit and those kind of things. I One of the most interesting things was, you know, that day that they put up everyone's times, like they, you know, up on the scoreboard there where J.D. Bertrand, fastest linebacker, and they had a Hartman's time up there. I think he was the fastest quarterback. But they had Maris Leofau listed with the defensive lineman. Is, yeah. this, is this where you think he is looked at? by NFL types is like, is he, is he, is he more lineman than linebacker? I I don't think so. I think that that's more a roster construction thing for a senior bowl, you know, as far as like, maybe you're a defensive lineman short. So you're going to throw Maris technically as a defense lineman because he didn't do defensive lineman drills all, all week, Sean, like he wasn't doing one-on-ones against the offensive lineman. Like he was playing weak inside linebacker a lot of the time with JD Bertrand right next to him. Right side by side. Yeah. Yep. He brings a very interesting combination, though, which I think is is interesting for the next level. 
I had a scout uh, that I was texting during the senior bowl, text me a name of a comparison. It was Frankie Louvu who plays for the Carolina Panthers. Who's a very good player, Frankie Louvu, but Frankie's also a very, he's a versatile second level player. I wouldn't necessarily call him a Mike. I wouldn't necessarily call him a will. I wouldn't call him a Sam. I wouldn't really put a, a, a position next to him, Sean. Like they, Blitz him from random spots. They let him play in man-to-man coverage at times. They they utilize him all over the place. And I think that that's what, how Maris is kind of viewed around the league is that he really is kind of a positionless second-level defender because you look at his profile and you're like 6'2", 239, 34-inch arms, which is just a ridiculous for – con, for context, right? We remember – of course, you remember Isaiah Foskey. And what was Isaiah Foskey lauded for? It was his length. He was so long, a long defensive end. Maris Loipel has the same arm length as Isaiah Foskey, that which is just wild wow. to think about. 79-inch wingspan, 34-inch arms. He is a very long second-level defender. So I think some NFL teams are going to struggle with him a little bit because where does he play 100%? You know, the Sam linebacker position is becoming a, a kind of obsolete because just teams don't play as much base anymore. So is he a guy that can play Will full-time? Is he a guy that we just throw a linebacker title on, but we're going to utilize him all over the field, let him work against some slots and some some tight ends occasionally and man-to-man coverage? Are we going to blitz him from A to B all the way out to off the edge? I think that Maris needs to make a living based upon being a positionless second-level defender that can also really help on special teams. Okay. I can see that. I think that makes sense. Okay, a couple uh, comments I wanted to throw in here from the chat. Big Licks Burner says, does J.D. give you Drew Tranquil vibes? And Michael followed that up by saying, if Drew can play linebacker, J.D. should be okay. Your thoughts on Oh, man, on I think I, I think Drew is a completely different athlete than J.D., man. I mean, like their straight-line speed – actually, no, I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say their straight-line speed might be comparable, but, I mean, even Drew ran like four five eight at the combine or something like that. Like, he could run, man. Drew could run. I think J.D. Drew just can couldn't run. play the bat. He just couldn't play safety. You know, he was yes. just better, closer to the line of scrimmage is what it came yep. down to. And like, again, when you talk about the differences, you know, like Drew couldn't cover on the back end, but again, closer to the line of scrimmage where the space is is different and who you're covering is different. He could do that. And I think that's what makes him such a different athlete is that that experience playing safety. Drew is much more a space move and flip his hips and change direction guy than what JD is like. Drew could do those things, which is why he started his career as a safety at Notre Dame, to your point, right? So just a different type of athlete. I know there's going to be some comparisons because he's a white linebacker that had shorter arms coming out of Notre Dame, but JD is a straight line, just strictly straight line athlete, which there's nothing wrong with, but it limits you a little bit. Drew was much more change direction, flip your hips, being able to run with guys. Yes, he was going to miss some tackles, like JD was going to miss some tackles, but he just didn't. Drew Drew just offered him a lot more upside in the passing game than what JD is going to be able to do. Right, because Drew started off, and I'm not trying to knock Bertrand, but you know, again, like the fact that he had safety skills and then essentially moved closer to the line of scrimmage, started playing. Because remember, he was playing Rover first before he even moved inside and started playing yep. more inside there there, it's there's just different things that he was able to do because of the fact that he he was one such a great athlete two played you know played safety before he made that move ultimately it just became obvious that that safety was not the way to go for him and i mean it obviously turned out to be a great career move for him yes transitioning to linebacker 
So. It's about to play in the Super Bowl, baby. So I think, yeah. it, uh, I think it worked out pretty good for him. I would agree. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Javante John Baptiste. He was on my list. Tyler asking yeah. if he was at the Senior Bowl. He was. I thought it was interesting. He was on the a team. He was on the American team, I think. You know, like the rest yes. of the Notre Dame guys were on the national team. Is that because he was he, he was, was a late, late ad, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he he was supposed to go to the the um the East West Shrine Bowl that played down in Texas this year. They were in Frisco. They're, they were in Las Vegas last year. And he was, I think it was the day because it, the, the both the games overlap a little bit. So the East West was already practicing. And then I had gotten word on, I guess it was last Monday that, or not this past Monday, the Monday before, that he was getting the call up to the Senior Bowl because someone actually reported that he was injured and not participating in the East-West game. But in reality, it was just he was sitting out because he was getting the, the Senior Bowl call up. So he went down to Mobile. Um, I, I reported this, and I did a little bit of a breakdown on the message board for like just boards.com exclusive people, but it just wasn't a great week for Javante, to be honest with y'all, man. Like, Definitely I don't, had I don't the know. quietest week of any of the Notre Dame guys, I thought. Sean, the only time I mentioned I saw him in practice was unfortunately him losing reps. Um, like the, the one highlight of the week was uh, Patrick Paul from Houston, the offensive tackle, just kind of got like Javante tried to go straight into his chest in a pass one on one. He kind of bodied him up and then just slammed him to the turf. It just, he wasn't good all week. And then I don't even know if he played in the game. Like I, I did not notice him once in the football game. So unfortunately it just wasn't a great week and it was a big opportunity, obviously. And, and I just, unless Javante goes to the, probably a pro day guy, I don't know if he'll get a combine invite. I don't know if he has, but whether, wherever he ends up testing, he needs to show out, man. He needs to, because right now I think the kind of the conversation is that the kid's a grinder. The kid's pretty physical, has decent length. But is he a twitched-up athlete that is going to give us a ton in passing downs and in situational uh, parts of the game? Just not sure that he is that type of dude, right? Like, I, So I I think that he has a chance to go late day three. I would say that he's probably seventh round to PFA right now. So, he, uh, yeah, it just was not a great week, unfortunately, for Javante Jean-Baptiste. Yeah. I mean, again, when you look at the way the game has changed, you know, like those big – physical like a neil smith type defensive end for example you don't see as many of those kind of guys anymore yeah. in in today's game it's all much more von miller type bodies yeah. and you know demarcus wears you know demarcus Ware is even you know probably on the bigger side you know yep. compared to you know what you're seeing these days so it's just a different yep. game now i think yeah he's so. he's he's gonna have to show value on special teams to be able to stick on the next level because he's a late day three player at best and i think that there are some questions as far as like i think he's a solid athlete but is he anything plus where i could say he's going to be on every coverage unit right like he's going to be on kick coverage he's going to be on punt coverage because he has good straight line speed like I'm just not sure. I'm just ultimately not sure. So I hope that he shows out and has a nice pro day and he goes later on in the 2024 NFL draft. But if I had to lean right now, unfortunately, I'd probably say that he goes undrafted. He's probably a priority free agent. He'll be in a camp. There's no doubt about it. But the production he had playing for Ohio State and Notre Dame and the size profile he has, I, I just have a little bit of questions as far as like what his upside is on the next level. Jesse has uh, been sitting in the on-deck circle. And Jesse, hi man. Jesse, we we started off. We you know we talked a little bit about Sam Hartman. I'll let I'll let you ask Ryan your Sam Hartman 
question that I saw you just throw up there in the chat before we. Well, I mean, Sam Hartman, he kind of got unfairly, you know, the Penix thing kind of unfairly put him in a bad spot in because I I watched not the whole thing, but Penix didn't play. So Sam Hartman basically played almost all the snaps. Yes. And exactly. And I, I feel like that didn't put Sam in a bad spot. And I felt like a couple drives stalled and that necessarily wasn't Sam's fault either. And then they missed field goals as well. So it looked like they didn't get, you know, anything out of the drives, but just looking at it and looking at the box score, you would say that like he had a bad day. I guess I would just like, would you agree with that as a whole? Like, did he, did he have an overall bad day? I think there's context needed to it, right? Like, I think that two things can be true, Jesse, in my opinion, right? One is, did Sam have a good game? No. (laughs) No, he did not. (laughs) Was it quite as bad as a 7 for 25 for 69 yards? Also, no, because, I mean, there were some drops in there. There were some wide receivers in bad spots. There were some good, just good defensive plays. I don't think Sam was quite as bad as what the boss could say, but was he good either? No, he wasn't good, unfortunately. Well, the thing, I guess what I was getting at is it felt like Sam Hartman needed to have a good day to kind of get back on the radar, essentially. And I felt like he didn't do anything to necessarily help himself at the end of the day. Yeah, well, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the podcast, Jesse, but like for the scouting side of this, teams don't really care about the game as much. They don't. I mean, would would it have been nice because – they care about the practices. I mean, it's kind of very well known at this point, but like a lot of scouts don't even stay to watch the game because they just don't care that much. They definitely don't watch the old 22 of it. They just really don't. Yeah. But would it have been nice? Cause I thought Sam actually had a pretty good week. Like I thought it was a good solid week for Sam. Would it have been nice if he would have just went into the game and just balled out and did really well. And you just kind of, you know, put a bow on the, on the week. It would have been great. Right. It, it would have been good. I mean, I don't think anybody would have doubted that one. But I just think that we're just going to – I think people are just going to hyper-focus on the one day when in reality there were three full days of practice and a walkthrough of evaluation that happened before that that were much more important than what the 7 for 25 would tell you. Gotcha. And that's why the you know those coaching staffs like to work the senior bowl, you know, like they send a whole yes. coaching staff down there because they get so much – like, one, the, the fact that you're – Coaching at the Senior Bowl means you weren't in the playoffs. And, you know, in the case yep. of the national team, I believe it was the Jets who were uh, who were doing a lot of that. I know it was the Jets defensive coordinator who was running a lot of the stuff down there. But, yep. you know, they'll tell you, they get one-on-one with so many of these guys, and it gives them just that much more evaluation throughout the week than, than just what you're going to get on that Saturday. So. Yep. A lot of availability. You got the one-on-one obviously interview section of the, of the, of the, the week you have obviously the one-on-one aspect, but also it's about, I mean, especially for Sam Hartman, it's all about retention. Like these, these coaches on the coaching staff are, they're going to purposely throw a lot of information at these quarterbacks and a lot of these players just to see how much they can retain in a short amount of time. Like that aspect of it is something that people don't talk about enough, but it absolutely matters. So we we were uh, we were talking breakfast sandwiches at the start of the show, and uh, our choices apparently were brought into question. Please find a therapist if you pick sausage over bacon. And then someone else said, "Who picks sausage over bacon?" Now I'll clarify: if I'm building my breakfast sandwich, I got the biscuit, I got the sausage, I got the cheese. Now that's my sandwich. As a side. I would go bacon over sausage every time. On the sandwich itself, I want it 
a little heartier. So I'm going with the sausage on the sandwich, but bacon is my protein on the side. So just, it's a just to work clear. It's a completely different. It's a completely different conversation. We're talking about breakfast sides versus breakfast sandwiches, right? Like it is completely right. different. <laughs> I, I can just house some bacon. Like if you just get me some bacon that is on the cusp of done and burnt, I could eat that thing all day, man. Just oh, give me man. it. Just keep shoveling it. Just keep nice shoveling it, right? Bacon. Oh. Yeah. And and I'm not going to turn away, Sean. Like if someone came up to me and was like, hey, do you want this really good bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel or or whatever? I would eat it. Not going to turn it down. I'm not going right. to say no, but if I had the choice to bacon, bacon, egg, and cheese on a sesame bagel, I mean sausage, egg, and cheese on a sesame bagel, that is the go-to. That's okay. the go-to. Okay. I like where your head's at. Love it. No comment, Jess. I used to be an only like bacon guy, but now I'm a sausage. I I prefer the sausage on my sandwiches, and See? but I will never like you guys said. I will never order just a side of sausage. I always right. usually order a side of bacon. Never do a never do a, like side a, a, a side of sausage. It's always or a bagel with yep. sausage, egg, and cheese is really where it's at. Jesse, I think the more I, I think the more important question is, is if you're getting a sausage, egg, and cheese on a bagel or whatever bread you choose in your sandwich, <laughs> are you going sausage links or sausage patty? And that's patty. a very interesting debate. Is it? Is it easy to patty? It is for me yeah. too, but I think there is a it's debate. It's easier to eat, you know, it's nice and flat with the links you have to worry about. Like you could eat a whole link in a bite, <laughs> and then now half your sausage on the sandwich is gone. Yeah. Patty on the sandwich. If I was going to, you know, like if I was going to do sausage on the side, I would want it to be links on the side. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. See, Sean, I knew I liked you, man. That is, that <laughs> is a fantastic combination right there. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, Ryan. Well, appreciate you as always. And again, this is going to be a new Tuesday thing. So Ryan will be in next Tuesday and we'll see what we've got to talk about. At that point, sir. Whether it's recruiting, NFL draft, we've got all kinds of stuff. Dinner sandwiches. Yes, dinner sir. Sandwiches. We'll power rank the power rank the dinner sandwiches next, next week. That's, That's what right. I'm down for. Thank you guys. Have a all good right. one. Stay Ryan. Take it easy, Ryan. Take it easy, Ryan.